and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case, and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Baron. <laughs> hey, Mr. Case. Lil Baron. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm doing good. I'm good. You know, aside from doing good, which I am, I'm right. doing good. Right. I think we have to acknowledge that we're kind of heading full bore into cold and flu season. Yes, we it's are. It's that time of year, right? Um, today, I want to share a few thoughts about how we can eat to strengthen our <laughs> immune system. <laughs> and it's not Cheetos, I am sure of it. <laughs> Keep asking because one day, one day, one someone's going to be on my be, side. <laughs> one day it might be. I'll, I'll, I'll have a spoiler alert. It's not today. Today is not that day. I didn't think I want, so. <laughs> I want to talk about ways that uh, we can eat. You know the things that are going to strengthen our immune system, help us get through, if not completely unscathed, right. then at least as little scathed as possible. I'm okay. not sure that little scathed is actually. <laughs> Even a phrase, but right. uh, this information, I knew what you, meant, you knew though. what I meant. Yeah, you <laughs> yes. know, we're on the same wavelength. Yes. This information comes from the Today Show. It oh. was an article written by Samantha Cassidy, who is a registered dietitian. And the fact of the matter is, is that a healthy diet is not going to prevent contracting the flu. Right. It's not, that's not going to prevent it, but it can strengthen your immune system and a less healthy diet can undermine it. Mm. So we do want to strengthen it up if we can. This is a great analogy that she says. The Your immune system is like an army with very sophisticated weapons in the form of cells and other compounds. For this army to function optimally, it needs a steady stream of supplies, which you get through your diet. Mm. So I like that analogy. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. The best diet for your immune system is a minimally processed, mostly plant-based diet. Mm. One that's about 75% plant foods. And keep in mind that you're also better off getting the nutrients that you need from your plate rather than a pill bottle. Those select supplements may be useful in some cases, such as to ensure you get the necessary amount of vitamin D, a nutrient that's only found in a limited number of foods. And that also makes sense. It does. Right? It seems like it does. if you can eat the food. Yeah. It's good. It's good, right? Yes. <laughs> so here we go. Here's how to okay. support your immune system. Uh, Lil, none of this is going to shock you. I'm just <laughs> going to sure say that. Not. I'm just going to say that. No, the, number one, spinach. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fo focus on fruits and vegetables, right? See? That's the first one. Number one. So various building blocks for your immune system's machinery, using that analogy from earlier, comes mm -hmm. from fruits and vegetables. Some of the key immune strengthening nutrients in these foods include vitamin C, which we know is important, mm -hmm. beta carotene, and certain B vitamins like folate. Many fruits and vegetables also supply polyphenols, which are antioxidants that get broken down into food and contribute to healthy gut bacteria. Mm. And we're just learning so much more about those bacteria right. that live in our gut that are so important. These compounds help your beneficial bacteria flourish, which is part of the immune mm -hmm. system. And they also help optimize your gut environment, which is where 80% of your immune cells are located. Wow. 80%. I didn't know that. I didn't either. That's a lot. So fruits and vegetables are some of the best tools for the immune system. When choosing fruits and vegetables, seek out a variety of options. Go for fruits and vegetables of all colors. Mm. Don't just do the red ones, the orange ones. Do blue ones. Do the blue ones. Do right. all, all the colors. Don't, yeah. forget, <laughs> don't forget that juice, like 100% orange juice, not, not like right. the... Not like orange flavored, right? <laughs> punch. I'm talking about 100% orange juice. Okay. 
Pomegranate juice is good. Vegetable juice can also help you reach your fruit and vegetable goals, which for most people is a minimum of two cups of fruit and two and a half cups of vegetables a day. Okay. Sound, sound doable? Yeah. Seems like it is, right? Until <laughs> you until you try to do it, right? <laughs> Number two, prioritize whole grains. Whole grains, including mm-hmm. oats, quinoa, brown rice, and whole wheat do their part by supplying nutrients like folate, magnesium, selenium, and iron to your immune system. A study published in BMJ Gut suggests that whole grains can help regulate inflammation, which contributes to the development of a multitude of diseases, including type 2 diabetes. The same study showed that eating whole grains instead of refined grains led to weight loss among Mm. overweight people. So there's some double benefits there. And the author suggests that swapping um, refined pasta, bread crackers, and cereal and rice for whole grain versions, so you can still have some of those things, but just do the whole grain versions of them, is an easy and a smart upgrade. Hmm. So that's number two. Number three is eat mostly healthy fats. Okay. So all types of nuts and avocados. seeds and avocados. <laughs> that was that's right here on my list. Because <laughs> I know it's I, your favorite. You, you and your Cheetos and me and my avocados, right? Right. <laughs> but uh, all these nuts and seeds, as well as the butters, like peanut butter, oh, almond yeah. butter, um, uh, what, what sunflower seed butter? Do Nutter, they have that? Butter, peanut Nutter, butter, peanut <laughs> butter. <laughs> no stuff like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> As well as oily fish like Mm -hmm. salmon or sardines, Mm -hmm. they help regulate your body's inflammation, uh, inflammatory processes, and use these foods to help punch up your meal. For example, you could saute vegetables in extra virgin olive oil and then top them off with some chopped nuts Mm -hmm. just to have a variety there. Number four, choose plant-based proteins. So they recommend pulses, which include beans, legumes, and dried peas. They're a whole food and shelf-stable forms of plant-based proteins that can supply immune optimizing nutrients, including fiber, magnesium, and iron. And then the last one we're going to touch on is eating seafood twice a week. Oh, The U.S. Dietary Guidelines recommend eating seafood twice a week, and this advice can help your immune health as well. Seafood supplies anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acids and other nutrients, including magnesium and zinc, which helps support your immune system. Plus, when you replace red meat, which is high in pro-inflammatory saturated fats, with seafood, you can help keep chronic inflammation in check. Hmm. Other things that you might want to avoid, which is so hard during this holiday season, but excess sugar excess alcohol, and heavily processed foods. I'm out. You're out. (laughs) (laughs) January 1st. (laughs) That's okay. We're going to reset everything right there, right? But those are the things that we want to, uh, you know, include in our diet. And that's how we strengthen our immune system, especially going into the cold and flu season. Right. I think that's, yeah, great ideas. Yeah. So our guest today might have a thought or two to add to that. <laughs> she might. <laughs> Mary Perschel is a St. Georgia native who graduated from Dixie State University with a bachelor's degree in exercise science. She currently works with the Intermount Live Well Center as an exercise therapist. She is passionate about strength training and helping her clients achieve their health and wellness goals. Mary enjoys being outdoors, traveling, and spending time with her boyfriend and their two pups. Oh, nice. Mary. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> so what do you think? Any of those things ring true in your experience there at the Live Well Center? Live Well Center? I mean, just having an all well-rounded diet is going to be good for, I mean, pretty much anything, right? So I think you can't go wrong with having a good variety and, and lots of nutritious foods in your diet. That's for sure. Yeah, all yeah. good things, right? So... um you're an exercise physiologist, but you're you're obviously, like you said, the the holistic, the whole body, the whole package approach 
is um, the best way to go, right? That's yeah, that's oh, for sure. That's the most sustainable and the most healthy way to go. Um, but coming into this holiday season, which we are, which is also cold and flu season, as I just said, but coming into the holiday season, um, you know, we're, I think we all look forward to the treats and the candies <laughs> and the, the cookies and, you know, all that good kind of stuff. But sometimes it feels like um, it's easy to label food as good and bad. And there are some consequences to that, right? For sure. For sure. When we um, start giving morality to our food, we start to create these feelings of guilt and shame around it. You know, I think we hear it a lot and I hear it a lot and I have to catch myself saying it too. You know, we label what it be junk food, chips, cookies, your Cheetos, whatever it is, right. That we label as these bad foods that are horrible for us. We shouldn't eat them. And then in turn, when we go eat them, we might make the comment of, okay, well, I was I was bad last night. I had a couple bowls of ice cream. You know, I was bad last night. I, you know, I finished off a, a box of Oreos, whatever it is. And what that ends up translating to is um, like, I am inherently bad. I did something bad. It creates this feeling of guilt and shame around just enjoying something you like to eat, which is usually perfectly fine in moderation, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the moderation. The moderation. <laughs> if yeah. you had just well. said what you said, I think we could all just like, okay, I'm on board. Sign me up. <laughs> it's the moderation. It's the hard part. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, no. Go but ahead. I still like. I still like what you said in that. It doesn't have to be a moral judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if, if 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 ice cream is your thing, and we know some people that oh, yeah. ice cream is their thing, right? It's not mine. It's yeah, and I know people that don't like it either. Right. Uh, I like ice cream. But if, if that's your thing, um, enjoy it, right? right? Enjoy life. Enjoy it. The moderation thing is important, but having mm-hmm. a bowl of ice cream doesn't make you a bad person. Right. And it doesn't mean that that food in and of itself is a sign that morality of bad, right? For sure. And, and truly, there isn't any food that is good or bad for you per se. Like, again, it needs to be moderation for a lot of things, but unless you're allergic to something, there's a medical reason you shouldn't be eating it. I mean, if you just don't feel good when you eat it, that's one thing too, but don't eat it simply because you think that it's bad or that you're going to gain weight from it or that you're going to hinder some of your goals because realistically having, again, a bowl of ice cream isn't going to totally offset all of your health goals. Yeah, it's not it's oh, not I the A bowl. That. It's not the A bowl. It's the eighth bowl. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I mean sometimes that happens too, right? But then you can just regroup. Regroup. Sometimes that's okay. You know what I mean? Like we're human and yeah. you know, it's just it's gonna happen sometimes. It's not also just not the end of the world and just remembering that it's not gonna again totally throw all your hard work and all of your other healthy habits out the goal is the main thing, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think this is, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of lose track of, but we, we also, we all, we all have health and wellness goals. We want to live a certain lifestyle. We want to be healthy. We want to be able to, you know, run around with our kids or pick up our grandkids or play the sport that we want to play or whatever it is that we want to do. We, those are things that we want to, that we, that's the kind of lifestyle that we're shooting for. That's what we want. And a lot of times I think that we feel like that lifestyle requires food restrictions. In other words, you know, I can't have the ice cream. I could never have a cookie. I can't have a birthday cake, those kinds of things. Right. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to get in the way of our goals, right? 
No, not at all. And you know what, when we talk about, you know, struggling with moderation, a lot of times us restricting so much is what causes us to uh, have a hard time with moderation because when you don't have something like there's a, there's a psychological principle, it's like the scarcity principle. Okay. And basically that is the, the less of something you have, the more you're going to think about it, the more you're going to want it. So the more we sit there and restrict and tell ourselves, no, you can't have it. No, you can't have it. The more our brains go, well, I want it. And then eventually we can only keep that up for so long to where we finally, we do eat, you know, eight bowls of ice cream. And then (laughs) there, that's, again, we take it back to that food is bad. And now we're feeling ashamed and it just creates a whole horrible cycle really mentally for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just that guilt cycle that leads to, to, you know, the, there's the mental ambiguity, the emotional stress, Mm -hmm. the the guilt machine that all comes along. So I really like that idea of not assigning a morality to certain kinds of food, just (laughs) acknowledging that it's food and, you know, some, some food has more vitamins and minerals and nutrients than other food, but it's all part of a holistic approach. It's just that, you know, that moderation, I guess, is the key there. Correct. Yes. So we're coming up on the holiday season and I think it's very typical. We all probably at one point in our lives have fallen into the cycle of, I'm going to just go for it this holiday. And then in January, (laughs) I'm going to start all over. And and we want to start off with a, you know, a great diet and one that we saw on the internet or we heard about on late night television or whatever it is. What, What are some of the things we need to consider or think about when we, when we talk about diets and what are the misconceptions that are out there? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're still talking in that direction of, um, food restrictions, because that tends to happen a lot where we say, okay, I'm going to start Monday. Um, so we finish off every bad food, quote unquote, in the house so that we don't eat it again. Right. Starting on so- Tuesday, right? So <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> t- Tuesday is the day to just clean up the pantry and you go all week long and then, but you're ready for Monday, right? That's what we think. That's exactly. what we tell ourselves. <laughs> That's what you think, but like... <laughs> you'd be better off at that point, you know, we'll eat, you'll eat thousands of calories in on one day, just trying, just preparing for this big phase of restriction, right? Because you know, you're not going to be able to have it. So you eat everything when in reality, you probably would have been better off mentally and physically and towards your goals. If you would have just had say a bowl of ice cream every night and just fit that into whatever, you know, diet you're working on your, your caloric deficit, whatever it is. So Again, moderation to keep in mind, just keep in mind that um, the restriction is not going to work. And I know a lot of people have experienced that, with, especially with a lot of fad diets. It just, it doesn't ever work, right? You always kind of fall back when you do that. So trying not to overly restrict is a big thing to keep in mind and keeping in mind that restriction and being in a caloric deficit, which is what really comes down to weight loss, doesn't need to be eliminating an entire food group from your diet. There's no, there's no way that's going to speed it up by eliminating carbs or fats or whatever it is. It's all just your total caloric deficit. So you can so in other words, you need to burn more calories than you eat if your goal is weight loss. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a fine line there, right? So they say it's like, I think 3,500 calories a week in a deficit. So if you're told total for the week in order to lose like a pound of weight a week. So sometimes that could be like 10% every day. I mean, it can look like, it can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Some days you're eating less, other days you're eating more. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go about, about doing that. But at the end of the day, 
Like that's what's going to make the difference, not what exactly you're eating. And and that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's so much more sustainable than, you know, um, not to point anyone out, but uh, like the grapefruit diet, you know, right. like the only thing I'm going to eat is grapefruit. Like, right. That's not and sustainable. Hard boiled eggs. Yeah. Like that's not sustainable. I yeah. think we know that it might work for a limited amount of time. Yeah. And during that time, you'll see some progress and you'll see some results, but you know, 30 years later, you're not like, boy, this grapefruit diet has been great for the last three decades and I'm still going strong. That's just not going to happen, right? For sure. For sure. Maintaining something that is going to be sustainable lifelong is really the ultimate goal because you could go on a million diets. Like if you're really looking for even just health, you could go on a million different diets all the time. But if you're constantly falling back into this, uh, this same restrictive binging pattern, that's going to affect your health more than just these little healthy diets that you're the stints right yeah when you're i'm rethinking (laughs) (laughs) well i mean we all do that like it's not it's not just you know it's not just men or women or yeah i mean we all to some degree have those feelings right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that that's my next question is like how do you combat negative feelings around food? Because I can see that it's so easy to fall into that guilt cycle that just keeps taking you down and down. But do you have any tips that you can share with us that help us combat these negative feelings? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's something I still deal with and I've gotten a lot better at it through practice and challenging my own um, internal beliefs about food and, and body image and things like that. But it it is something that can take time. One of the big things that helped me is I read a book called Intuitive Eating. I have the name of the authors written down. It's by Elise Elise Reich and Evelyn Triboli. And basically, they just talk about how to come back to your body's natural cues. A lot of times, like especially um, with our portion sizes here and the way we eat, we tend to ignore. We We eat until we're so overly full we can't function or we get hungry and we go well i've already had enough so i'm not gonna eat more and we kind of ruin those natural cues our body gives us and we don't listen to them so i found one big thing is trying to really listen to your body's cues when you're hungry have a snack when you're full stop and know that if you get hungry again later you can come back and eat more you know and that's where that restriction comes back into and i think that's why a lot of people can't stop you know they're going to eat it all until they're full because they don't have that feeling of i can come back later and have a snack if i need to it's i'm eating now it's dinner and this is all i've got so i'm gonna eat all of it even if it you know makes me there's sick more, you know, there's more more than you want and right then you end up sick yeah um yeah i think that's so true and you mentioned you know the the way that we eat here and in, in the united states specifically uh it's not this way in every country but our portions are so big when especially oh. when we go out yeah and then you go out and you're so used to seeing these giant plates that are just clear full of food you kind of mm-hmm. fall into this idea of well that's what a plate of food is supposed to look like and right. so then you fill up your home plates with, <laughs> yes. with food and then there's, you know, there's still dessert to go afterwards. And then, you know, here we are, 66% of Americans are overweight or obese, right? right? I mean, that's, you can see how that can easily happen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially when, I, I mean, I think back to, to growing up and you don't really learn about portion sizes and healthy eating, like even in nutrition classes in school, it's just not something you learn. So you have to learn it from your experiences, your family who 
maybe also didn't learn it. So it's really easy to get into these mindsets about food when no one teaches you differently. One of the things that I have found, and I think uh, I learned it from one of your colleagues, probably from the show, but uh, one of the things that I have found has helped me, and I have certainly not practiced it all the time, but <laughs> it is something that has helped me, is to just pull down a smaller plate, right? right? Like, you know, we've got these serving platters that, <laughs> that you know, look tempting, especially around the holiday season, but you've also got a smaller plate that you can still put a, you know, a, a reasonable amount of food on it and listening to your cues, you know, if, if you need a second helping, there it is. But most of the time, I think I have found that if I use a smaller plate and I put on what feels like a good amount of food on that small plate, by the time I'm done eating, I'm pretty satisfied. Yeah, definitely. If I have a bigger plate, I, I try not to touch my food. So I'll oh, okay. you know, so you so. space, build your little, your little walls. That's in right. Your, works too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's good stuff as well. Um, any other tips that you might share with us coming into the season? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think just challenging your thoughts again on what is good and bad. I don't truly know, uh, how sound advice this is for me, it works. And so maybe it'll help someone out there. This is what I do for myself. Um, but you know, in the past, I've had a really, really hard time with restricted eating. I was, um, I had an eating disorder when I was a teenager. And so I've gone through treatment for all of that. And so one of the big things I do when I feel myself starting to label food and restrict, if I hear that voice in my head go, Oh no, you don't need to eat that. Like you've had plenty of sugar today. You know what I do? I make sure I go eat that. I say, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to go eat that because for me, at least that helps me challenge those inner thoughts. And then I see later down the road, oh, I didn't gain a ton of weight. I st I'm still working out as hard. It changed nothing about me and it changed nothing about the person I am. And I still was able to eat it. So just constantly challenging those thoughts it doesn't have to be necessarily like that. But I mean, that's how yeah. one of the ways I do it. Yeah. No, but that makes sense. It and, does make and sense. Obviously, I mean, you shared. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing right. the eating disorder challenge that you've gone through. But even if that hasn't been your past, just developing a positive relationship with food in general, right. it seems like that's going to help in the long run. Again, it it all comes back to that portion control, right? right? So if, if if in your mind you think, oh, I've already had enough, and but darn it, I'm going to go eat you know, half of an apple pie to, <laughs> yeah. to prove myself wrong. Well, that's not what we're talking right. about, right. Uh, obviously. But if you went and had a small sliver or, you know, a bite off of your significant other's plate or whatever yeah. it was, and then you can still develop that healthy relationship with good food. And if you're intentional about it, you can eat it and enjoy it. And, um, you know, set aside some of these negative thoughts and feelings about food, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not about, for sure, not about going and eating, you know, as much as you can of it, but yeah, challenging that and allowing yourself and teaching yourself, like, you know, that um, conditioning essentially that, Hey, I'm going to be okay if I have some of this and, right. you know. I love it. I love it. We have about 30 seconds left. One, one more tip that you can share with us as we're getting ready. Yeah, for sure. I would say just don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, go see a therapist. If you feel like you're having uh, emotional and mental issues surrounding your food, go talk to a dietitian. They're the experts. If you need help with your goals and you don't know where to start, um, there's a lot of fluff out there. And so go to the professionals and it's okay to ask for help. 
I love it. Perfect. Great, great advice. Mary, thank you for sharing your expertise and for joining us today. And uh, hopefully sometime we can have you back and we can explore some of your strength training. I know that that's an important part of your life. Yeah. Sometimes one gets overlooked a little bit. So yeah. Awesome. Well, happy holidays to you. Yes. Yeah. You as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. Good stuff there. Yeah, really yeah. good stuff. I, it really I, did make me think. I like Mary's approach to just being realistic yeah. and holistic about it. And, yeah. <clears throat> you know, that that idea of you don't have to have a negative relationship right. with your food. I think that's important. Right. So just believe it or not, Lil, it's time to start thinking about next year's I games. Know. And I know yeah. you're, you're always like we are yeah. here in the staff. We're always thinking about it. But on January 1st, 2020, team registration is going to open. Right. On March 1st, I said 2020, 2022. 2022. 2022. <laughs> on March 1st of 2022, registration for the individual athletes is going to open. The dates for the 2022 games are set for October 3rd through the 15th. So put all those dates on your calendar. And in the meantime, all of the gold, silver, and bronze medalists are posted for each of our 34 different sports at seniorgames.net. There you're going to find a bunch of other great active aging content, our Living Your Best Life webinar series. We've got some great videos there, all kinds of good stuff, all at seniorgames.net. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and we turn it into a podcast and you can also subscribe anywhere that your podcasts are found. If you happen to be listening by podcast, take a moment, give us a rating, write a quick review. You can do that on your iPhone by just scrolling down to the bottom of your Apple Podcast app and shooting us some stars. And you can also find this in previous shows once again on our website at seniorgames.net. Today's inspirational thought. If you want to succeed, focus on changing yourself and not others. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.